0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Philly Insider Podcast. It's been a while. We know college is in full swing. We got a Sixers video for you guys today. I got Hunter Doyle and Nate Tussing with me. Go check out their pages for their respective teams, linked down below. And, boys, we're having a pretty good season so far. The Sixers have really, and this is the thing that stood out to me the most, they've really been closing out the games that they should for the most part. They'll choke one here and there without Embiid, especially. Talk a bit about that later. But, They've been doing good so far. Just how you guys have been feeling? I mean, it's unusual to see them having this much regular season success. I should say, this early, in, well, not even this early in the season. We're we're almost All Star break. But what do you guys think? What's been the impression of the season so far? We're near the halfway point. Hunter, why don't you start us?
1: Well, I'm not convinced yet. I'll say that I've learned by the last two years that, or last three years that uh, I'm not going to be convinced until we make it past the second round of the playoffs. Right, so. I think we can this year. I think um, Eastern Conference Finals would be big just uh, for me personally as a Sixers fan, just coming from where we came from to where we are now uh, three years after – well, three years into our, you know, kind of championship window, I guess you could call it. Um, I guess our championship window is kind of now with how Embiid's playing uh, as an MVP and just, you know, the team we have right now, I feel like it's a lot – a lot more of a championship wins window than it even was in the past three years. But look, it's been great. I mean, it's awesome that they're having a lot of regular season success. It's been a lot of fun to watch, but there's a lot more work to do. We're not even halfway through the season yet. I know we're first in the East. I still, I believe we still are, but Mm. yeah, it's to me, it's just regular season again. So I'm, I'm not really buying into it yet and I'm trying to trying to keep my, my expectations low right now because I've seen what's happened the last couple of years. And I've seen, um, I've also saw, I saw saw doc doc go down in the second round last year. So, um, I got to wait to see how this thing pans out come whatever it is, May, June. Well, probably may, I guess. I don't, I don't know that what the new schedule was, but I didn't check it
0: yet. I got you. I mean, like you said, champions are made in the playoffs, not the regular season. And Nate, I mean, what do you think? Anything to add to that? I definitely
2: am. I'm impressed with where they are now, what I thought they were going to be. So I will give them credit to that doc, just really adjusting the system really fast and everybody getting adapted to it. I didn't expect them to be first in the East uh, doing this well. Um, So I'm definitely impressed by that. Um, It's the same with Joel and B um, just the year he's putting up. Definitely impressive. He's kind of cooled down a little bit, but the guy's still, you know, putting up big numbers um, and so I'm definitely impressed by that. Um, but like Hunter said, you can't get your hopes up too much. They did go in a losing streak a bit, uh, but they did bounce right back. Um, they won two games after that three game losing streak. So this is a team that'll, that'll fight. I know, you know, we can't promise an Eastern Con- conference finals or finals or championship, you know, this is a team that'll fight. Um, and like Hunter said, they, they choke a few games here and there. Um, but one thing I really like is that they don't let it spiral out of control a choke, they, they they come to the next game and they're, they're playing lights out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, they'll definitely, you know, the playoffs are – we're bound to, for the playoffs. The Celtics are out. Um, there's a lot of interesting, you know, you know teams are going to have to play like the Nets. So it's hard to say how well we're going to do in the playoffs, especially, you know, with with a new coach. We don't know how Doc's going to have, have the team play in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, you could certainly be hopeful, just not, you know, overly hopeful because there's a lot of good teams out there. Uh, that are really hard to beat
0: I got you anyway outside of that guys we've had some interesting surprises come up this season I gotta say for me it's been watching I got to see my boy Isaiah Joe hashtag not your average Joe I got to see him really getting more and more minutes in the rotation still not anywhere near close to like solid minutes but he's getting more whereas he was just getting more than someone else stop me and Hunter were talking about something pre-podcast we're not going to reference that here Stop. I'm not going to talk about that. He's I'm getting talking. Maz's minutes. He's getting moz's minutes basically, but no, I can't, I can't choose between my two loves. Don't ask me to choose. But my point being he's coming off. He's doing a lot better. Tyrese Maxey started obviously at the start of the season, a bit hotter. He's cooled off recently. I don't know whether that's just due to him, whether that's due to doc kind of, he doesn't seem to be getting as many minutes in the rotation as he was at the start of the season, especially. And Another guy who I called to be a bigger part of our team earlier in the year, who I just really haven't seen that much. He's been getting more minutes recently is Mike Scott, the regional manager. You know who he is, but my point being, what do you guys think? Those are some of the, like, the things that have kind of been surprising me, the trends that have been up and down lately. What are some of the stories of this season to you, Nate? Why don't you start us with this one? Um, one story, I think it's a bad
2: story. is just Danny Green's decline. Um, I don't really know what's going on with the guy. I'm gonna be honest his defense is choppy his you know offensive output isn't there um he had one big game and that was it so I, I mean I didn't expect Danny Green to do much but I didn't expect this low of an output and I also don't know why he's still part of the starting five right now I think he should be moved to the bench right now just to, just to you know see if that'll shake things up for him but he's not playing at a, at a good level right now and I think that'll definitely hurt us in the long run. Um, so that's a negative thing. A positive thing is just Ben Simmons, um, just his bounce back. He was having a slow season. Now I'll admit, I was a I was a Ben, you know, hater. Uh, I I didn't think he was playing very well. Um, you know, I even considered trading him. Um, I still think, you know, we could we should have got someone like Bradley Beal, James Harden, or Zach Levine. But he's definitely proving me wrong with his offensive output right now. He dropped a career high. He has more. He has a higher career high than Jason Tatum, so take that Celtics fans. Um, his defense is there. Um, so I'm really excited to see, you know, just him progress. I wish he would take more threes, or you know, you know, deeper shots, not in the paint, but he's putting up 42 points in one game, so I can't complain. Um, so I, I definitely like his uh, output as well. And just how Doc Rivers has really handled this team. Um, just a really fantastic job. You can already see how, how different he was than Brett Brown. Um, and of course, we don't know what, playoff playoff doc will be like but I definitely see based off of the regular season doc I'm excited to see what playoff doc looks like and what this
0: team has um for the rest of the east I like that like you said I'm hoping playoff doc has the cure that's what I'm hoping the cure for the Sixers (laughs) woes the cure for the choking we'll see but and also like you mentioned the Ben Simmons story especially like for me I've always been an advocate of for him it's all mental you know when Ben is aggressive he's a beast out there defense offense you name it But when Ben is passive, and I love saying this so much, draw the chalk lines around him. He's basically a dead body on the court. So it really is just all attitude with Ben. I really believe that is all it is. And, yeah, Hunter, what about you, man? What do you think?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the other side of the ball for Ben. I mean, the defense has been absolutely ridiculous this year, holding Dame to whatever – what, he held him, like 20 points. Last night, Luca had 19 points and seven turnovers and really struggled against Ben.
0: Ben was is just like a lockdown defender ben. on
1: what? Luka was looking dumb against Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Ben, you, you won't find another NBA player at his size who can defend all five positions so efficiently. It's actually insane what he does on the defensive end. And that's why, like, if you trade him, you just don't know. You, you're not going to get that from any other guy. You know that for a fact. I mean, you might get decent defense from them at, like, guarding their position, but – having missing Ben last year in the playoffs was massive. And I, I'm not saying we're going we were going to win that Celtics series. And I think it was for the best. We didn't win it just so that there would be change. And that Brett Brown, we get, he would get out of here. But I mean, look at what, look at what Tatum did against Ben in the regular season last year. He was, he was not good. And having a guy like that on the defensive end, who can just, you can just rely on, you can say, look, games on the line, go guard this man. And, that's huge. That's huge to have a guy like that. You, you you just know he's going to be able to get the job done. I think outside of that, look, just the way Embiid has been able to elevate his play, and I know that's a basic one, but he, did, he has not played like this in years past. He has played really well in years past, but the way he's been able to elevate his team, and not only that, but I think the way the team has been able to elevate when he's been locked up. You saw that Raptors game this past week. We lost the first Raptors game, right? We blew a lead. Well, the second Raptors game, Embiid did not play well. The Raptors kind of have a way to lock him up. They do well against him. And the Sixers team around him really stepped up. I mean, Ben and Toby stepped up. Toby's been a big story this year. Other guys just being able to get the job done. And that's huge because in the playoffs last year, Embiid went off. But we didn't win any games, obviously. We got swept in the first round. So being able to have guys who can step up when your top guy is not having a good night is massive. And you see that in the NFL too. Uh, Even the Deshaun Watson could not carry his team to a win, but you see a guy like Jared, a guy like Jared Goff, who is not a very good quarterback, but the system carried him to a win. The team around him was able to carry him to a win with a broken thumb in a playoff game. So, you know, kind of cross board analogy right there, but you you get the point though. So, and also I think just Daryl Morey too, the way he's been able to (sighs) configure this team, Wow, I mean, he just had quite a year, and Daryl Morey has been something else. You know, just being able to build the team he has with Seth Curry, getting rid of Al Horford's contract. Wow, what a massive, what a massive boost that was for us. I mean, who would have thought that you could you could swap Al Horford's contract? And again, I don't like Danny Green that much, but think about what we got, how we got him, and he's gonna he's gonna be a free agent this upcoming year. We're gonna be able to trade him um, at the trade deadline possibly for a piece if we want to. And I really trust Daryl Morey with whoever he's going to get at this trade deadline. I think it's he's going to be able to get someone who's going to fit the team without mortgaging the team, too. So, um, sounds like Lowry is the name on the market right now for the Sixers. You know, we can talk about that maybe. But, yeah, he's definitely the guy who it sounds like we're probably going to target. And, I, you know, I think Morey's going to be smart about it. He's not going to pick – you can tell he's not going to bring someone in who's not going to fit the team, and I trust him with the team right now.
0: Yo, great analysis, my man. But also, really quick, ladies and gentlemen, he was not scheduled to be on this pod. But we do have in the call Ian Baldwin. I.K. Baldwin. Ian, right now, we were just going through, you know, some of the stories of the season so far. We covered Ben playing out of his mind, especially defensively. Joel on an MVP tear elevated his game to a whole other level. We covered how Docs impacted the team. You got anything for us, man? You know, you hopped in here. Let's hear it. Let's hear your takes, bro. Come on. What are the stories of this season for you? Listen, all I've got to say is Ben Simmons is on his rise to goatdom. That's
1: all I had to say. That's all I wanted to pop in here to say. He's on his rise. You heard it here first. And you're going to think, oh, Ian's being crazy. And he's going to have another 40-point game. And everyone's going to say, wow, he was ahead on the Ben hype train. And you know what I will say to them? Yes, I was
0: with that Defense ladies and gentlemen player
2: of the year that's all I gotta say Thank you Ian Baldwin.
0: <laughs> we appreciate all the contributions he's out but you know what he said what he had to say we're definitely highlighting that as a clip separate from this whole pod but you know yeah but man I love you all right boys we covered some of the stories but let's talk there are unfortunately we covered some of the pot more positive stories There are some negative sides of things we got to acknowledge here Especially with how this team plays without Joel. No offense, and I know we've won some games without Joel. We live streamed one of them, the very first win I think we got without Joel. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy that game against the Pacers. My. But, oh, my. but my point being, we do have a bit to I'm a bit worried about that, you know, because especially come playoff time if Joel gets nicked up a little bit, he has to sit a game or two there. You worry especially about him getting tired as well his conditioning because he is resting we are we are load managing him throughout the season it's obvious to anybody he's listed as day to day almost all the time like I'm a bit worried about his conditioning for the postseason I gotta admit we've been talking about like we've said champions are made in the playoffs not the regular season so I don't know what do you guys think what are some negatives to look out for with this team to me it really is Joel's health his conditioning and the team's It seems a little bit of over-reliance on him. I need to see a bit more from Doc when he's out of the lineup. Because sometimes, I'm going to be honest, when I watch the games, especially towards the tail end, whole game plan just seems to be give the ball to him, beat in the paint and see whatever happens. Can he draw the foul? Can he find the open shooter? And that's not the best game plan you want for closing things out, especially not if we get into playoff situations. So Hunter, what do you got to say, man?
1: Well, I think one of the negatives is not only how they play with, without Joel, but just when they don't have the full starting lineup. I mean, when they have the starting lineup versus when they don't, it's a massive difference and you can tell. And I think the stats, I believe the numbers prove that I might be wrong about that, but um, the starting lineup altogether really is a big deal for this team, especially. And I think that also goes to show, look, we don't have a ton of bench stuff right now. I know we have some good bench pieces altogether, but it's not really a strong bench. I mean, Maxi is good. He's a rookie. I love him. But he's, his minutes are getting toned down right now. And who knows how much of an impact, like, what he does off the bench is going to have in the playoffs, right? I don't know if he's going to really end up making, it like, a massive difference come playoff time. I hope he does. Um, then you got Tease. Teese is an amazing defender. I mean, for how bad his offense has been, the man on defense has just been it's, it's been unreal to watch some of the plays he can make. But that being said, like I said, the offense is not there, and he's not going to be a piece you can really use a ton in the playoffs. And we saw that last year. We saw we saw him exposed last year in the playoffs. And that's what happens when we play teams like the Celtics in the playoffs. Our wings do not do well. They get exposed. Look at J.J. Redick when we played the Celtics in the playoffs. Did not play well. Sorry, sorry Sanjay, but you know Quirk Mods. We couldn't even give him minutes because of it. And – Look, getting a guy like Kyle, Rally, Kyle Lowry would just be huge for, you know, you could probably slot him into the starting lineup and then your bench is a little bit stronger. But look, Danny Green, I'm not feeling good about him come playoff time right now. Teams will know how to game plan against him. And if he's not going to even make, make an open shot, we're going to really struggle. So I think just the overall death of the team is very worrisome for me right now. And not just the Kyle Lowry, maybe just a small bench piece, like kind of like three years ago when we acquired Marco Bellinelli at the trade deadline off of <laughs> I mean, that was a huge move. So stuff like that. I mean, look, you can't go in with Mike Scott as one of your bench pieces either. I mean, he's just not the same guy. He was a couple years ago, um, which is a shame because that year that he was an important bench piece, we had a real shot at beating the Raptors in, in seven and that team is starting to look like, really good right now um I, I think this team has, has, with in terms of chemistry is much better because I think that team was just a bunch of stars put on the floor together right but I think this team is starting to really just I don't know the word for it but they're really starting to click so um hopefully that's the case but again like you said Sanjay playoff basketball is a different animal and it's not going to be the same story come playoffs because you know Teams know how to defend wings. They know how to defend just giving the ball to Joel in the paint the whole game, right? It's not going to work.
0: Yeah. Nate, what do you got to say, dude? Yeah. Um, I definitely think it,
2: uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something we have to uh, address just to, you know, like you said, the Joel Embiid not being in. Um, and I mean, we're definitely, I think, what one in five, something like that without Embiid. Um, and we really need to figure out how to win without him. I think a problem is that we depend on one person too much in, in those games. I like, like, let's take example. Let's take the most recent game against Dallas. Everybody put up, you know, Joel put up 23. They weren't depending on him too heavily. He did a great job, but we got other people, you know, like, um, like Ben Toby putting up 15 plus points, you know? So it's, it's kind of a team effort there, but when, when Joel's not there, it kind of isn't that it's more of, um, just one player, Ben Simmons putting up 20 against Toronto um, against Utah, putting up 42, you know, we, we, we depend too much on that one person that's putting up a lot of points than we are as a team. So when Ben or when Joel is, is in the game, you know, a lot of people, it's a balance sort of, you know, Joel still pops off, but everybody else is still picking up their part. But when Joel is out, We just depend on one person, like Therese Maxie putting up 40 points or, you know, uh, Toby putting up like 30. So I think we still need to – the Sixers need to remember that they're still the same team they are without Joel, and they can balance the ball around. They they need more than just one star to step up to start winning. Um, And I don't know who that could be. You know, maybe it's Ben and Toby. Maybe it's Ben and and Seth. But we definitely need two – Two people to step up when when Joel's not there, um, in order to win. Especially in the playoffs, it's going to be really hard if he has to sit out one or two games. You know, um, that's just a loss we can't afford. And you know, in a best of four, so best of seven to four, whatever. Um, so I, I'm definitely concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the 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 playing in the crunch time because um, I don't think in the playoffs we're going to be in the lead most of the time. That's not especially against the Nets if we face them. They're the highest scoring team in the league right now we're probably not going to be leaning them coming into the fourth. And so who's going to be able to step up? Who's going to be that player that's going to drop 20 points and get us that clutch win? It can't be Jimmy Butler anymore. You know, we need somebody else. Maybe it's Toby. I just don't see enough fire from him, um, in that fourth quarter. Maybe it's Joel, maybe it's Ben, but we need somebody in crunch time to step up, um, and to come back when we're down because we're not going to be winning every game and we can't depend on our defense because we're down. So, um, we definitely need to – I need to see more from them in the crunch time when we're down in order to feel confident in the playoffs.
0: I got you. Well said. And this – I'm going to switch gears a little bit now, boys. So I was just checking on my phone where the standings are. Not for us. We know we're number one in the East right now. Just barely leading the Nets, but we're still leading them. But that bottom half of the Eastern Conference this year is pretty filthy around the eight seed slash play-in game. So I'm going to list to you guys really quick. The nine through 7th seed, because these are the people who we could have. Actually, I'm going to go ten through 7th seed, because they're all very close. The Heat, the Celtics, the Hornets, and the Bulls. Ironically, I'm pretty sure I'm more scared of 10 and 9, the Heat and the Celtics, than I am of the Hornets and the Bulls. And especially if we end up staying in the seed we are now, or even if we hover down to 1-2. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm pretty sure the Celtics and the Heat will end up working their way into the playoffs over those other two teams. I just think they'll figure it out, especially after All-Star break. So it looks like we may have to resurface and play one of them again this year. We have history with both of those teams in the playoffs. And while both are having less than stellar regular seasons, let's all be real. We've seen what they can do in the past. A lot of their teams are pretty much constructed the same right now. And they each have their own kind of stories. For the Celtics, it's been a bit more confusing. I don't really know as much about what's caused their collapse. But for the Heat, it's been a lot of players being injured on the COVID list in and out of the rotation So I have a lot more faith, especially in the heat to bounce back, but both of those teams are solid. And in the playoffs, you know, Brad Stevens, Eric Spolstra, proven coaches who've shown what they can do, the schemes they can run. We got a little bit to worry about when it comes to that first round playoff matchup. I don't think it's going to be your classic one versus eight easy first round series. I don't think it's going to be that. Who are you guys more scared of? Are you more scared of the heat or are you more scared of the Celtics and why? Nate, lead us off, bro. Um,
2: this year, I'm not I'm not too scared of the Celtics. I mean, yeah, they're the Celtics, and you know, they'll they'll certainly play play as you know as good as they can come playoffs. But but we we've manhandled them twice this year, which is something we usually don't do. I'm sure we're going to continue to manhandle them um, the next few games we play. Um, but I think a lot of that is just Ben Simmons having Jason Tatum's number, Jalen Brown, because those are two phenomenal players. They even have Kemba. I even forgot about Kemba, but. But it seems that we've sort of developed a plan. I don't know if that's Doc implementing stuff or just the team stepping up. But the Celtics, to me, don't have that explosive factor that can that can just blow us out. Um, I'm a little bit more afraid of the Heat uh, because their their lack of production is isn't due to just the team not playing well. It's just been a lot of injuries. I can never go go against Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, um, and for some reason they just always seem to have our number or at least make it a close game. Um, I, I, I forget what our record is against them this year, but uh, I'm pretty sure the game, whatever it was, wasn't very close. Uh, or was close, excuse me. And um, and I think that the key just have a better chance of, of exploding, um, just surprising us. So I, I'm worried about them. I, I don't think the, the Hornets will, will do much. They're a very young team. Sure, they have a great future, but I don't think they're going to be that team this year. And Zach Levine cannot carry the – um bulls all the way unfortunately so he should come to the Sixers for like n- little to nothing you know Zach if you're watching this come to <laughs> come to um Zach whatever. rings case, bro it's the age exactly uh, so yeah I definitely am a little bit more afraid of the heat um but I'm gonna say this now knocking on wood I don't think they will be that big of a problem in the playoffs if we play them at the first and eighth. um
0: I got you. All right. I and mean, what's your opinion? So I kept this specific to the heat Celtics, but like anyone really in that bottom half of the Eastern conference, like first do the heat Celtics specifically, but if you got someone else you want to throw in there, go ahead, do that too.
1: Well, uh, I think just because of the Stephen A. slander, uh, the New York Knicks do scare me a lot because if we were to lose to them, we would hear it from Stephen A. Uh, oh my <laughs> but God. Real, talk, yeah, real talk though, uh, first starting with the Celtics and heat, um, I'm just more scared of the Celtics because of the history with them and the fact that regardless of the regular season, I mean, that's going kind to of be the recurring theme that I've been pointing out. It's just the fact that, this you know, playoff basketball is different. Brad Stevens knows how to game plan for a playoff series, right? He is no slouch. And I do think that having Ben Simmons healthy this year to guard Tatum, I think that'll make a big difference, right? I do think that we should beat them, but that's the thing. We should have beat them – probably well not last year because we didn't have Vincent. but um i feel like there's just a lot of times where we say we should have beat them and then we don't beat them (laughs) so you know i i just it's just really a mental thing with me like they are they are our kryptonite and i i really fear playing them it just scares me the fact that they're even back that far and you know coincidentally it's the year where we're the one seed right now of course of course the year we're the one seed they have to be back there at the 9 and 10 competing. for, And it's the year where the 9 and 10 have a chance to get in the playoffs, right? So I'm just I'm, – I'm really not – I'm really it's, – it's really a mental thing for me too because I just don't believe I, – I don't believe we can beat them in the playoffs. I don't think we're fit to play them in a seven-game series. I hate to say that. I don't have faith. So until we beat Brad Stevens in a playoff series, I'm really not – I'm really not confident, um, and it really is just as Brad Stevens and the way he is able to game plan for the playoffs. That's really it. I, I don't really have much else for you, but um, he's just a smart coach. Now, we do have Doc this year at counter, which is nice. Like, they will go blow for blow, and I do think we – I did think we could beat them, but, yeah, it's just something about the playoffs. The Heat, yeah, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They're going to be just as tough as a competitor, right? So of course they have to be back there at that that 10 spot right now. Yeah, they're at the 10 spot right now. So uh playing Jimmy in a playoff series would be yeah, that'd be something else. I think you know you, he would definitely come in with a vengeance. Um when is and, Jerry Butler not playing with the vengeance? He is always uh, <laughs> playing with the vengeance. He's playing the sections this time, man. <laughs> and the whole Brett Brown we chose him, we chose Brett Brown over him. Remember that. So You can imagine this man, and I know Brett Brown's not there anymore, but Elton Brand is still there. And Elton Brand's the guy who chose Brett Brown over Gene Butler, basically. So you best believe he's about to pop off if we play him in a playoff series, and losing to him in the first round would be pretty embarrassing. And, you know, if you don't make it past the second round this year because one of these teams at the 9-10, and that's going to look really bad because the last four years we should have made it past the second round at least one of them. So – yeah, I, I do worry about both of these teams. I think just more so the Celtics because of the coaching. And then other than that, not really. I mean, like I'm sorry, the Hornets are not going to beat us in a seven game series. They're like, let alone a three game series, they wouldn't beat us. <laughs> um, uh, who else is there? It's, uh, it's Balls. the Bulls. The Bulls, not really. I mean, the back. I mean, outside of the Celtics and Heat, that back half of the East is garbage. Let's be honest. I mean. The Knicks, I, I did have some faith in just because of Man- Emmanuel quickly. I liked him. Obi Topham was a good pick. Good young team. Props to them. I mean, they're starting to really be on the come-up. And since there's not really divisions in the NBA anymore, you know, don't really care that they're on the come-up since it's just the best eight teams in the conference now. So, but I'm, I, I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in however many years. Like, they're 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 not going to beat us in the playoff series. Let's be real. <laughs> Outside of that, I Wizards, Hawks, I mean – magic no (laughs) no okay (laughs) but it I will say though that like the what's it like the six or five four even like four to ten seeds are super close so I mean the Celtics and heat could move up within like a week so Hmm. you know I, I think I think it will change I think we'll be okay but well I think we'll have to play one of them at some point though
0: I got you but now, like you guys said, there's definitely concerns with both teams. Nate, you talked about it. Just the personnel of the heat, the attitude they have. Nobody wants to see the heat in the playoffs. That's just not, not the attitude they have. Of they're never the underdog to them. They are always number one in their own eyes. Nobody's going to make them doubt that. Not a seed, not a playoff and home stretch advantage. Nothing. And then Eric Spolster can do a good bit of coaching too. Hunter, you talked about Brad Stevens. Spolster did a good bit of coaching up to make that run they did last year in the playoffs. And then when I mean, you go over to the Celtics side, like you mentioned on just the mental aspect, the way they seem to just have our number. Part of that is due to Brad Stevens being used to coaching against us so often. There is something yeah. to be said for especially interconference coaches getting a feel for other teams, players during the regular season and then implementing all of that, saving a little bit of game plan for the playoffs and then going ham then. So, Brad Stevens is an ace at that, just stacking info. I'm sorry, do you want to say something, dude?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say real quick, too. Like, it's the old football saying, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same season. So, you'll see a team – I mean, look at the – I know the I know the Steelers didn't technically beat the Browns in that last game of the regular season, right, because they sat their starters. They almost beat them, though. And then, you know, you get to the playoff game. Look, playoffs is just a different animal. That's That's not a great example, but – there's been a lot of teams where they'll win twice in the season against their division opponent. Come playoff time, third time, the other team. You know, they have a lot of film. There's more, there's more to go off of and more to game plan off of.
0: I got you. But, yeah, Brad Stevens just an ace at that. You see him in past years make the whole team look silly almost, the way he pulls up defensive schemes, offensive schemes, all of it. And then, of course, the Celtics do have personnel. They're struggling a little bit right now to find their rhythm, especially with Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum kind of jockeying to see who's really the number one of that team right now off of history. It looks like it's just going to be Tatum, but being real gentlemen, Jason Jalen Brown is making a real case to be the number one option for that team. And going forward, I'm honestly not sure which one of them is going to take it. Not really sure, but yeah, I mean, to close, I just kind of have, what are like, we talked about future predictions when we first previewed the Sixer season. But now, pretty much halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through. What do you guys have to say? Is any of your, has your outlook on this team changed Any what, in any way throughout the course of the season? Is there anything you thought at the start which you feel is a bit different now? Or is there anything you want to hammer down on? Like, this, I said this at the start, and I was definitely right about it looking back now. So, Hunter, why don't you open?
1: Oh, well, they definitely started a lot quicker than I expected. Like, the way – especially – again, just considering the nature of the fact that this is a short off season for everyone. I mean, with the COVID and everything, I really thought that this team was gonna take time to really get going and they haven't, they haven't. They've, I think mean, they're first in the East right now. I did not expect that. Yeah, so they've really surprised me. I'm a little more confident right now with Doc Rivers. Again, I know I've been stressing playoff basketball is different, but we're in a really good spot. And I did not expect this to be in this good of a spot. My expectation is for this team to make at least the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know, will I be upset if we don't win that? Yeah, for sure. But I think looking back on the season, while I think you know we should, our goal should probably be to make the NBA Finals. I think looking back on it, we can say we kind of made it over the hump of that second round, and as long as we like make it to six, seven games in that that Eastern Conference Finals, I'll feel I'll be feeling pretty good about the future of this team. Now, I do think we should we should really have a good shot at beating the nets. Do I think we, I'm not willing to say we will, but you know, while they're an offensive team, we are a very defensive team and we have a lot of counters to what they have, but at the same time, they have like three MVP guys who can pretty much do it all. So, um, you know, I, I think expectations should be tempered, but I also think that, you know, I think we're in a good spot. I really feel good about them. I think we, I think we can make a little run here more so than I expected at the start of the year.
0: I got you. Nate, closing statement, man. What you got? I definitely
2: agree with Hunter. Um, I thought they would start a little bit slower um, just with the transition, you know, less of an off season, new pieces, a lot of big pieces that are being moved. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely surprised me. I think, though, uh, we were. I, I was, I'll admit I was probably a little too high on them. Um, and then these last few games, I've realized they are mortal and they can lose games and they can choke games. Uh, but they're certainly impressive. Um, as far as where I see them come playoffs, I think there's a there's a stretch of, I think like five or six games for the Sixers that like, I think are really going to make or break our season. It's late, late in the year. We play like, we play the, um, the Warriors, we play the Nets, we play the Clippers, we play the Bucks twice. Um, you know, we play the jazz so that, that I think that will give me a really good idea of what they're looking like coming, come the playoffs. Um, you know, playing the Nets is really tough. But like Hunter said, we 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 pair pretty well against them. Um, the Nets are definitely a very offensive team. They have no depth, and they don't really have much defense. We have a lot of defense. We have a lot of depth. We have Joel Embiid. Um, so I don't really know how they're going to be able to stop that. But I think, you know, um, like Hunter said, I, I think Eastern Conference is a good expectation. Um, I think a team definitely should be expecting that. If not, making the finals. The finals would be tough against teams like the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz very tough. Um, it, it would be amazing just to make it to the finals just to get our team there, get the experience. Um, but I definitely think there's a possibility we can make it to the Eastern Conference, take down whoever's there, make it to the finals. Of course, I'd, I want us to win a championship. That would be amazing. Um, but I don't think it'd be disappointing if we didn't win it with our first year with Doc and two new starting pieces and a bunch of you know different plays. So, I, I think it'd be awesome, but it's not something that would be like, oh, man, there goes our whole, you know, our whole franchise because we've still got a lot of years to come. Joel isn't done yet. Ben's going to keep progressing. We've got a bright future ahead of us.
1: It'd be something yeah. else. This Sixers team
0: in the next few years won a championship. It really mm-hmm.
1: would.
0: Yeah. That'd be something. Yo, that'd be hype. COVID time, so no no, pain, no parade, but, you know. Right, well, right, maybe –
1: Maybe it's maybe it's just a blessing in disguise. Maybe, you know, we won't win it this year and the next year everything will be back to normal and we'll get our freight.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. Point being, I'm gonna give my thing to close. For me, I gotta say, one thing I'm definitely I was definitely wrong about was I wasn't sure how well this whole starting lineup would mesh together. Because it was a lot of new pieces. And I didn't really have a preference as to how fast they'd start. So that wasn't really a surprise or like a, something that I expected. It was just something that happened and I was like, cool. But what really surprised me was how quickly the team Hunter, you mentioned it earlier, how quickly they've gelled. They have. They, they seem to have that on-court chemistry, that feel for each other's game. You can see it in just the little ways, like somebody will pick up a two-man game with Joel or Dwight, the way Dwight's constantly fielding offensive rebounds, the way Green and Seth play off of the double teams that Embiid gets. Like – It's the little things you're looking for. And they've really been doing that. And I'm really – that was a very pleasant surprise for me. I didn't expect them to gel quite to the degree that they have, to be honest. Because when you looked at that team, you saw some shooters, two big stars in Ben and Joel. And then you saw good bench pieces, Dwight, Maxie, um, Shake. So my point being, like, Ma, like you saw pieces. And you weren't sure how all that would come together. So I'm pleasantly surprised to see how well they've all gelled. One thing I'm going to take a bit of credit for, I didn't think he'd be as good. He's come back down to earth recently. But I did think that Toby would be better under Doc. And I'm glad to see that is seeming to be the case so far. He was really hot the start of the season. He's cooled off a bit since then, but he's still putting up solid and more importantly, efficient production. That's the big thing to me. For what we're, I don't think Toby's ever going to live up to the contract we gave him. I think we've all accepted that. I think that's just how it is right now. But if he can just be an efficient scorer, putting up 15, 16, 20 points a night, that is more than enough, especially with the rest of the guys we have on this team. So I'm really happy about that. And expectations for this team, I'm going to be honest, I have an expectation that we should win the East. I do have that expectation. I don't blame you guys for tempering your I, your your expectations a bit more to just making the Eastern Conference Finals, but to me, It really is got to make the finals because especially between the contracts of like Ben and Joel, I really want to see like that they get that experience in the championship. Cause the other thing is like you mentioned, Nate, the West is a different animal. You got to show that you can compete with those Western conference teams in the playoffs too. And just getting to the finals is a big step to that. And also this is another really important thing to me. I think it would really help for solidifying the chemistry of this team because if we go out in the finals, sorry, in the Eastern Conference finals, somebody is going to get blamed. They're going to look at Ben. They're going to look at Joel. They're going to look at Toby. They're going to look at Seth. They're going to look at Danny Green. And somebody's going to end up catching a lot of heat, especially in this city with the way media is. So I really got to believe. If they get to the finals, I don't think that will happen as much. But if they just go out at the Eastern Conference finals, I think things could get a bit worse PR-wise for the team just because I think that is what the expectation should be right now with the way they've shown they can dominate other teams. I really do think expectations should be to make the finals. Now, obviously we could win the championship. That would be amazing, but there's some (laughs) stacked teams out there in the West. And as we've all mentioned throughout the course of this pod, this team has a lot to prove when it comes playoff time, which they just can't prove right now in the regular season. Right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is our Sixers pod catch up. We'll probably do a little something for All-Star. We should do a video review in the All-Stars. You know what I'm saying? Because that's out there now. We should do a review talking about that, some potential snubs. That might be coming in the next few days. Look for that. And, yeah, boys, got anything you want to say before we sign off?
2: Bring the bell. I oh, know that's wrong. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's both, both. But I was yeah, um, going to say, Um I was going to say, well, if they do make the finals, we're going to be complaining. Well, we'll, it'll be funny looking back at this and seeing how we'll be like, yeah, like we, you know, we want to temper expectations if they make the finals. And then when we actually make like the finals, if we do make the finals and like make the uh, series overview and be like, I can't believe that we didn't win. (laughs) It'll be funny, but because that's how it's (laughs) going to be once we make it.
0: It it will be. If we make it, we will definitely still be upset. But with that, (laughs) again, ladies and gentlemen. As always, like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate all of you. God bless you all and have a good one. Peace.